It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in therapeutic nutritional counseling. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm pleased to have you join us today. I want to thank all of our iTunes listeners. <laughs> I believe the number currently is well over 35,000 iTunes wow. listeners. Nice. You know... And I know if you're an iTunes listener or just a regular listener, I know that you're going to be pleased with today's show because we have an expert guest joining us in a few minutes to discuss, you know, all the current and recent research about how to build healthy bones. So to help me ask the right questions and get the information you are looking for, I've asked Anna Derhock to join me as a co-host. You know, Anna has her master's degree in nutrition is licensed by the state of Minnesota as a nutritionist. She's a nutrition teacher and a great nutrition counselor. And she's got a lot of nutrition knowledge stored away in that brain. (laughs) Plus, just listen to her laugh. And you'll know she must be eating right because she's always happy. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Even when she's baby tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But I love this topic, Dar, so I'm excited that I'm on today. Um, And our topic is bone health, because 44 million Americans are struggling with weak and fragile bones. Um, And even if you're not in the osteoporosis category, it could be osteopenia or starting there. So even Sally Fields, we see her all the time on the commercials. She's always (laughs) constantly telling us about how she has osteoporosis and how it's important to prevent it or try to reverse it. So... So, you know, as women, we, we when women reach that perimetopause or menopause age, you know, a bone density test is usually recommended. And often clients come to us because their bone density results indicated that their bones are in trouble. Maybe they have osteopenia. And, you know, what that means is it's just a little bit of bone thinning. Mm-hmm. Or they might have full-blown osteoporosis. Right. And most likely the only solution they're given is to take a medication such as Fosamax and increase their calcium. Right. And as nutritionists, Dar, you know, we understand the type of foods you need to eat to build healthy bones. It's, you know, it's not just about calcium. It's about really taking care of your health. And when you are diagnosed with osteoporosis, you have such a fear of breaking a hip or even ending up in a nursing home, which you could be bound there for life if you did that, depending on your age. But food can be a huge, um, a huge factor when you're looking at um, bone growth and bone health. So, um, and we're going to talk about the right types of supplements and also um, what you can do and um, what we see daily in our office that people are reversing their osteoporosis and getting healthy bones again. Exactly, it's amazing. So, I, you know, a lot of people have a lot of technical questions, and so <laughs> we we really. Uh, so, so we wanted to lend some technical information about bone health. So we've a- asked Dr. Thomas Gilliams to join us by phone today. Dr. Gilliams is an expert on bone health, and he actually has many research articles 
published in peer-reviewed journals. And, you know, as a master's student that just graduated, <laughs> you know how important those <laughs> That's are. That's right. So if you're listening today and if you have questions about bone health or osteoporosis, give us a call. It's 651 641 Now, who is Dr. Williams? He's the vice president and director of science in regulatory affairs at Orthomolecular Products. So I think Dr. Williams is on the line. Um, thank you for joining us today. Good morning to you. Good morning, ladies. Oh, good. It's always a relief when somebody's voice is there and we never know for sure. <laughs> okay, well, I'm here here uh, in uh, good, we're getting some good rain over here in Wisconsin. So, And we're, it's raining here, too. So let's, before we get into some of the technical information, is it all right if we just kind of talk together about some of the foods that, you know, build bones? Um, so could we maybe just kind of talk a little bit about fats first and why we need fats to build bones? I mean, I think most of our listeners would go, what? Fats? <laughs> right. So start well, us I off. Mean, I think... As you well know, I mean, what makes good bones is really what uh, is a representative of what makes a good diet and and health in general. I always think of bones as kind of the accumulation of all the good health that we've done because bone is, as as you know, it continues to turn over. So bone doesn't just grow once and stay there and wait for it to get brittle and, and fall apart. It's mm-hmm. a constant turnover. So not only are all the macronutrients, you know, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats in the right balance and all these kind of things, and we'll talk about minerals and, and of course, many of these, but, but just this idea that you have this energy, you need energy within the cells, and, and, um, and this is all going to help with the bone turnover. So um, in one way, if you look at bone health, it's a really good gauge of the overall health of the individual and probably the overall health of their diet. Um, so, uh, you know, I think we should emphasize really the, the, the broader component of diet. Um, and I'm sure you guys do that quite a bit in your, in your show. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, I just, uh, you know, I think that whole concept about bones growing yeah. and turning over, maybe just talk a little bit more about that, because I think that might be even a new concept for a lot of listeners. Right. I think, uh, I mean, we, we should think of an you know, and I try not to get too technical on, on the terms, but there, there are two types of cells. Uh, we call them osteoclast and osteoblast. And essentially, one of these groups come along and starts resorbing bone or taking some of the bone away. And this is the beginning of the process. You need to start, as it were, as like you're taking a road. You want to recreate a new road. You have to take out part of the, the road, and then something comes along. The osteoblasts come along and, and reform the bone. And so it's a constant turnover from taking away some of the, the bone that's not as strong and replacing it with bone uh, that, you know, strong new bone. And so it's kind of a, a turnover of bone. Now, this happens quite a bit in our early years and, and kind of peaks around uh, age 30. Okay. And after that, it slows down a little bit. And so, uh, so we need to understand that there's a lot of energy. Bone is living tissue. It's constantly turning over. Um, and it continues to turn over even in an older age, but it slows down, and this is where we have some of the problems after perimenopause. So I, when you were talking about the bone turning over in the road, it's like 
We constantly need to fill our potholes then. Is that exactly, exactly. Great. Okay. Great analogy, Darren. <laughs> so, um, but and I just you know, just so so our listeners are aware and and if even if people haven't listened to our show before and they're just first t- tuning in, the some of the healthy fats that we kinda want you guys to understand that help build bone would be the olive oil and the almonds and the nuts and the seeds and um, avocados, you know, the even butter is healthy for your bones because it helps um, h- helps the minerals really grab onto the bone. So, right, and you know, Tom, we know that we've had an epidemic of fat free in our country for the last uh, thirty or forty years, haven't we? Correct. And, and what yeah, happens and then? When of people... course, this whole problem, uh, and we know that uh, a, a low omega three to omega six ratio. Or you know elevated omega sixes, which is you know all your corn oils and your soybean oils and things like that, increases uh, you know bone risk and and, and fractures. So we, we want to increase, as you mentioned, omega nines, which is the olive oil, um, and omega threes, which are the fish oils and the flaxseed oils and these kind of things. So what we're really saying is, I think what you're saying is, if you do a fat-free diet, you're putting your bones at risk. And mm-hmm. I you know, and I think most, so many people would go, they just don't connect those two things at all. If, they're, if they stay on a fat-free diet for more than a few weeks, for sure, yeah. or even at any time that they're jeopardizing their bone structure. Right, so. and, and a fat-free diet, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of problems with fat-free diets, not the least of which are what, what is usually replaced by the fat, which are a lot of compounds in foods that are, are not healthy at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Anna, should we take a caller now? Yeah. Or what do you think? We could take a caller. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have Kelly on line one who um, who has a question about sparkling water. Hi, Kelly. Yeah. Um, I've heard that uh, artificial carbonation can deplete um, the bone density. Is that true? Well, Dr. Williams, did you hear the question? I think she she asked about sparkling water and bone density. Yes. And if there's a yeah, problem. Artificial, yes. artificial carbonation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of the problem we we think of uh, is the phosphates and the phosphorus that are added mostly to uh, sodas and colas, uh, not so much the carbonation. Um, uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's any data that I've seen on actually just plain carbonated water and bone mineral density. Um, so I don't think that there should be an issue issue with that. Okay, that was oh, a great. Great. I didn't know that. No, I didn't either. That's awesome. Well, because we, well, we think of, typically we think of carbonated beverages, we're thinking of soda, and that's where the phosphorus, comes the, in. the increased phosphorus is, uh, issue usually comes into play. Okay. Well, Dr. Williams, we're going to, thank you, Kelly. Um, we're going to take a break here, and you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we are discussing how you can build strong, healthy bones. Osteoporosis is a very serious problem, especially for women we see these days. And did you know one out of every two women will have a bone-thinning-related fracture? So for many, that means the remaining life in a nursing home. If you have questions about bone health, please give us a call at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Because osteoporosis is such a health problem for so many people, 
I encourage you to get as much information as you can to keep your bones strong and healthy. And we have a perfect class. It's called Nutritional Solutions for Osteoporosis. And you can actually catch that class at our White Bear office on May 6th from 630 to 830. You know, just sign up online at weightandwellness.com or call 651-699-3438. And the the fee is only $25, so lots of information. And we also have some other good news for clients living in that Apple Valley, Burnsville, Mm -hmm. Lakeville area. Because this May, we will be opening a branch office in the Lakeville area. And it'll be located in the Green Lotus uh, Yoga Center. And that's just off of I-35, just north of 185, which seems really south to me. (laughs) So we're going to be offering our Weight and Wellness Series starting May 11th. That's a Tuesday night. And then we're going to probably about the May 25th in that area, we're going to be starting nutritional counseling there. And, you know, I really want to say thank you to Marshall, Marsha Apple, get all this words right, <laughs> and, and her staff because she is the owner and she's got a great staff at the Green Lotus uh, Yoga Center. And it is truly a beautiful center and great Can't people. Wait to see it. And they share our same passion for wellness. And I think it's just going to be fun being down there. So Definitely. thank you for letting us come in and join you there. <laughs> so we'll go back to our topic. Yes. And Dr. Williams will welcome you back, too. Um, so we kind of left off talking about um, the healthy fats and the, the bad fats that can actually damage your bones. Um, but I know that one of the nutritional myths I hear it all the time is that protein thins bones but Dr. Williams, what is the truth? Is eating protein good or bad for our bones? Um, protein, you know, this is one of those uh, those uh, anomalies that low protein and let's say a, a, an elevated protein, really high protein, can be particularly problematic for bones. Okay. But pro, but if you are low in protein consumption, you will have bone mineral density issues. So you really need a a, a good balanced uh, amount uh, of protein in your diet and from the literature it can be from either you know animal or plant-based that's okay. uh, not doesn't have to come from animals uh, to be beneficial for the bones so when people because people have no idea of what that might be too little or too much <laughs> and you know we would as far as too little um, I think we can address that, but what would you say would be too much for bone? Well, I mean, the, if you look, and that's that's the hard part, if you look at the, the, the high amounts, if you're talking about probably more than about 2 kilograms per, you know, uh, you know two, uh, two, let's see, it would be, if you calculate it out, probably about more than 50 to 80 grams uh, of protein a day for, it depends on the body weight, of course. Um, but, you know, you're probably getting too much protein, especially if you're looking at, again, if you're comparing that with bad fats and bad carbohydrates, that's going to be problem, problematic for the bones. So probably what we're talking about is somebody is sitting down and eating, you know, four, five, eight to 10 ounce or 12 ounce steaks a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. you so know, that would be a problem. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, frankly, Anna, have you ever... <laughs> How many women come in and see us that are eating like that? Uh, not too many. It's it's more on the low end, definitely. And sometimes we yep. see people that are eating two ounces of protein a day, sometimes four ounces of protein a day. Yep. And so they are, they're really way, deficient. Way higher at risk, yep. Exactly. And they're at risk. 
Yep. And this is where some of the information gets where where you see some of these reports where elevated protein causes bone mineral, you know bone mineral density loss, and the idea we think it's the protein that's the problem. It's really excessive protein, not and and unfortunately for many of these women, like you mentioned, it's actually inadequate protein that is is driving a problem, and they need to increase their good protein content. Right. So, Dr. Williams, when people eat protein, what part of the bone does that actually make? Well, I mean, if you look at uh, the process, you have a number of things going on in bone, and you've got the need for amino acids for building the, the matrix. So bone isn't just calcium stacked together. There's a complex matrix uh, that needs to be built, as it were, the framework that the bone goes on, and then that not only includes a lot of amino acids and collagen and uh, these kinds of uh, components that need to be there to, as a tensile strength within the bone, but then you have extracellular matrix, and then you have a lot of enzymes that are involved uh, uh, to lay down bone. So this is a very active uh, process which requires not only collagen but enzymes. So, so proteins are very important for, uh, for that process. So just to kind of break mm-hmm. that down a little bit for people, so when you eat protein, you make... You actually make the structure of the bone. Mm-hmm. As that's what I just the heard. Framework. The right. matrix so or the structure. When you, when you eat proteins, they, they, your body breaks them down into the amino acids, and those amino acids are, as it were, re, reconstructed into other proteins, um, some of which are like, you know, uh, collagen, which is kind of to make the strength. You have, of course, we have a lot of collagen in our skin, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we need a lot of collagen in our bone. And then the, the amino acids also are make uh, enzymes, which are, uh, you know, little proteins in the body that that produce other things. So they actually are the the workers that lay down the bone, take the calcium, and actually put it into the bone. So there's a lot of different areas uh, that we need uh, amino acids. Okay. So should we take a call? Yeah, let's take a phone call. Um, Dr. Williams, we have Pamela on line one. And Pamela, you have a question about the right amount of protein? Yeah, how much? How many grams of protein should you be eating per your body weight? Well, I think what you need to think in terms of um, is that most women need, well, some of the research says that if you want to have energy and a good metabolism, basically like four ounces of protein per a couple of meals at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then maybe if you have another couple of ounces for breakfast, you know, you've got 10, 12 ounces of protein a day. That's kind of our direction. I don't know, do, Dr. Williams, do you have any other uh, thought on that? Well, I mean, the, the, our, the, the daily recommended allowance is, is 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram. So if you, if you can calculate your weight in kilograms and multiply it at 0.8. Now, they actually did a study where they looked at young women, um, and these were, I think, women in their 20s. Um, they looked at three different amounts, 0.7 kilograms, one kilogram and two, and they found actually the one in the middle, not surprisingly, one one gram per kilogram was the best. So that's actually pretty easy to calculate. Right. So if you're, you know, 120 pounds, uh, you can calculate that pretty easily. It's like 55 uh, kilograms, and that's about where you should be in grams of protein. Um, so now I don't know how easy it is for people to measure each gram of protein throughout the day. That yes. makes it more, more <laughs> difficult. <laughs> most people, you know, that most people think in terms of ounces. Yeah, and even, right. I mean, even when you are actually weighing out that much protein, uh, you know, we're just, 
we're just seeing people are coming in and they're eating very low protein mm-hmm. diets. A lot of women, not not everyone, but a lot of women are not eating sufficient amount of protein to keep their bones healthy. Right. They're not making that matrix and they're not making the collagen. And, you know, I, we always say collagen is that thing that keeps us looking young, too. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. And our blood vessels healthy. So, um but I think I think also, you know, when you're looking at protein to build strong bones, there's more to it than that. And and also there's so many minerals and other nutrients that go into bone building. So maybe, Dr. Williams, we can kind of talk about some of the more important minerals that go into bone building. So, Anna, maybe what we should do is kind of take a quick early little oh, break. Yep, we can do and that. And then we'll, we'll concentrate on nutrients and minerals when we come back. Does that sound that okay? That sounds perfect. Okay. Yes. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. As nutritionists, we are always trying to keep up with the recent research and how we can use that information to help people feel better. And many of our clients seek us out because they are experiencing aches and pains. Some call it fibromyalgia. For others, it is just very serious muscle pain. But the recent research found two possible culprits, oftentimes low-CoQ10 as a result of taking maybe a statin, um, such as Lipitor, or even low levels of vitamin D may be the cause of your pain. So when CoQ10 and vitamin D levels have been restored, um, we see a lot of our clients, you know, get rid of these achy, achy pain, you know, achy joints and really painful muscles. So if you have questions about bone health, please give us a call, 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist. And I'm here with Anna Durhock, licensed nutritionist, and Dr. Thomas Williams, vice president of science in regulatory affairs at Orthomolecular Products, and we're discussing how you can prevent osteoporosis. You know, with my busy schedule, I don't get the opportunity to teach as often as I did in the past, but last Monday night, I had the opportunity to teach with Christine, and we taught Class 6 of the Weight and Wellness Series. Class 6 is all about cardiovascular health. It really made me realize how powerful the Weight and Wellness Series is to people's Mm -hmm. health. You know, the students in that class during the past six weeks had made amazing changes in their eating and in their health. You know, and they left understanding that the number one cause of heart disease is not cholesterol, but inflammation. So we want to teach you and everyone how to eat to control inflammation. And our Weight and Wellness series has an amazing curriculum and the teachers are even more amazing because Anna's one of those teachers. (laughs) And check our website for the location near you. Just go to weightandwellness.com, or you can call Amy this morning at 651-699-3438, and she'd be happy to answer any question for you. Now, Dr. Williams, before we went to break, I was kind of leading us into this uh, this next topic, but what are some of the other key nutrients that help you know build our bones and keep them healthy? Well, this is a huge topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, let's let's talk about calcium in the sense that, okay. uh, like, uh, like a bank account. Okay. Um, you know, just because we get more money doesn't mean that we have more money mm-hmm. because it really depends on how we spend it and how we use it. And that's really the, the way, unfortunately, it's with calcium. 
we always think of how much calcium do you take in, and that's what typically we see, you know, everybody talking about. Right. It's not just mm-hmm. how much calcium you take in, it's how do you use it. Okay. How, how are you, uh, let's say, spending it, or how, are, how is it uh, being metabolized? And for, for calcium, it's really important. There are so many other factors that, uh, that really uh, affect how calcium is used. And so we, we can talk about calcium here in a minute, and we're going to, you know, we obviously need that. It's a major component of the bone structure. But magnesium, mm-hmm. if, you're not, if you don't have the proper amount of magnesium, magnesium is, remember I talked about the enzymes that, that function throughout the body? Well, magnesium mm-hmm. is one of the, the minerals that helps those enzymes function properly. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about vitamin D. Vitamin D is very important. It's really a hormone more than a vitamin, and it helps affect how the body uses calcium, not only how it absorbs calcium, but how it uses it in the bones and in, in many other areas in the body. Right. Um, vitamin K, there's a, there's a specific uh, enzyme called osteocalcin, which by its very name you can tell it, it is one of the components that helps lay down calcium in the bone. Well, if, if vitamin K is not there, this enzyme can't function properly. So um, it really is this big, broad spectrum. One of the reasons that, that we've put together products that usually have a lot of different ingredients, and, and calcium is only one component, is I've told doctors for many, many years that it, you know, there's, there's, these other minerals are, are needed because the calcium is basically sort of like bricks. If you just show up and you're building a wall and somebody just brings a lot of bricks, but they don't bring mortar and they don't bring workers, you know, uh, just a pile of bricks is in a very good wall. And that's sometimes what happens with calcium. We just load people up with calcium, but we don't realize that, that calcium is not going to be as effective if, if we don't give all these other components. So I know, Dr. Williams, you developed a product, and we have it at our office, and we love the product. It's called Pro Bono mm-hmm. for people to, to, to reverse this osteoporosis. Let just talk more about how you researched it and what you put in it and and all those factors. Well, um, I mean, if you look, uh, we have we don't have time to go through all the ingredients, but if you look at how we developed it, um, we we went, of course, went into the literature and said, you know, what these other micronutrients, things that people don't often think about, like zinc and copper and boron, you know, these kind of things that people don't you know think of as bone building per, perhaps, but if you look in the literature. Um, and, of course, this has been studied a lot longer in animals because people have wanted, you know, their animals to be stronger, especially uh, chickens and these kind of things. So they've done a lot of research on these and found, sure enough, if you give, uh, you know, traces of increased boron or copper, that you'll have stronger bones. And, and then they repeated those studies in humans, and sure enough, they found that if you gave these levels, you know, higher levels like, you know, boron, like 5 milligrams in copper, several, you know, milligrams, you know, trace amounts, but yet above what a lot of people are getting in their normal diet, mm-hmm. they found that, you know, you can increase bone mineral density, reduce fractures. So we took that information and we, of course, incorporated that into pro bono as well as looking at, uh, you know, calcium, magnesium, some of the, you know, the major players, zinc. You know, most people don't know that 15 milligrams of zinc a day improves mm-hmm. bone mineral density over those who don't get enough zinc in their diet. Of course, zinc is very good for immune health and a number of other things as well. So, you know, that's, that's what we did when we formulated this product. We realized that, you know, just to go out and give somebody calcium and vitamin D, of course, that's necessary and helpful, but it really doesn't accomplish the, the, the complex uh, form, 
formation of bone that you would need, and these trace minerals become very important. You know, I think one of the things that we see with a lot of clients is that they they often come in with a calcium product that they picked up at some place, mm-hmm. and it is often, you know, calcium carbonate, and maybe it's got a little vitamin D in it, mm-hmm. and obviously it's not working because their bone density uh, was not good. Right. Um, Kind of, would you just speak to the kinds of calcium that you put in your product, and and a little bit. I mean, even talk a little bit more. Again, you know, I know you just said we need zinc, but we need magnesium. But I think just repeat some of those things because it's all new information for a lot of people. Right. right. Well, calcium. Uh, I mean, calcium carbonate, which is like tums and these kind of things, are very popular. Unfortunately, it's a it's not, it's a very poorly absorbed form of calcium. Um, what we tend to do, uh, what we tend to like uh, is, is kind of a combination of different forms of calcium. And many people know that you can't take so much calcium I- I- at one time because it, it won't absorb. But that's true only if you're using, you know, the, what's called the ionized version, like a calcium carbonate or a calcium citrate. The calcium, you know, dissociates away from the other component and, ab- and absorbs, and eventually you can't keep absorbing that. But, you know, what we use actually is a combination of those forms of calcium. We don't use carbonate, of course, but we also use uh, chelated forms. That's where a calcium is actually bound to amino acids. And, and so you, you absorb the calcium via a, a second mechanism called the amino acid pathway. And then we also use something called calcium hydroxyapatite, mm-hmm. which is a calcium phosphorus blend, which is actually the way the bone combines calcium and phosphorus together. And we know that if you, if you give high levels of calcium, but you don't give good phosphorus with it, you will deplete the ability for the phosphorus and the calcium to lay down bone. So using kind of a combination of different forms of calcium allows you to take a higher level of calcium without depleting, you know, your ability to absorb it. Um, but, again, uh, vitamin D, I mean, uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about this later, but certainly measuring serum levels of vitamin D is very important to make sure that people are up to the level they need to be. And then, uh, like you said, I can mention, um, you know, if we want to look at those other ones that have, have really shown boron, mm-hmm. zinc, mm-hmm. Um, copper. What about, what about strontium? Okay, well, let, let me, these, are the, these are the ones that are, uh, let's say, part of the process. Okay. Now, strontium, um, strontium is a mineral that is very similar to calcium. Okay. And, you know, most people haven't thought about this historically as a supplement per se. But what, uh, over the last 20 years, people have been studying saying, well, if strontium is so close to calcium, what does it do if we give, let's say, instead of just trace levels, what if we give like a gram, like we do calcium? What happens to strontium? And as it turns out that strontium is able to come in and get within the bone and actually increase the bone mineral density and strengthen fracture risk, uh, or actually reduce fracture risk. So, um, so this has become actually there's there's a drug that that have, that's on the market um, in Europe, and they're trying to approve it here, which is basically a strontium product. But of course, we have it available as strontium citrate available to us as a dietary supplement, and this has been shown in, in actually uh, now in the, the trials are eight years long that strontium is able to go in and uh, strengthen the bones and prevent fracture, uh, prevent fractures in a number of different areas, hip and spine, and et cetera. So this is something that we're very excited about uh, using. Um, and, of course, the Pro Bono product contains a gram of the strontium citrate. 
And, you know, we have been very excited about this product, too, mm-hmm. because I believe that, uh, and we've been using Pro Bono with clients for probably the last four or five four years, years, as long as it's been out. Right. And uh, I think that we have found, of all the people that we've used it with, probably three people did not show a, an increase in their bone density and when they went back. And then as we worked with them further, we discovered that maybe they had a gluten sensitivity or they were on a medication that was not allowing the minerals to be absorbed or something. There was another factor. But on generally, all the people that we've worked with, it has just been a miracle yep. product. Amazing, amazing results. And people, you know, I think it's, it's um, people don't realize that, you know, possibly when they're going to buy these calcium carbonate products that are out on the market that they're actually making, they could be making their bones worse because, as you said, the calcium is not getting absorbed and not laid down in the bone. Well, it's amazing what the body can do if you take away the things that harm the bone and give it things that build bone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's able to do quite a bit on its own. Um, Everyone, Dr. Williams, we need to take a break, Um, but you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and I like just bringing people back to the core basics. So just just so that everybody's clear, sugar does not make for strong bones. It doesn't? No. (laughs) Trans fats do not make strong bones. Mountain Dew and Coke do not make strong bones. And the low-fat, no-fat mentality does not make strong bones either. So... Stay away from those Girl Scout cookies and the French fries and the chicken nuggets um, and try to be as active as you can. You mean being a couch potato doesn't work? (laughs) No. All right. We'll see you you in a minute. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we want to thank you for listening today, and we want to thank Dr. Williams for answering many questions, but we still have about 10 minutes, but sometimes we sneak away and I never get a chance to <laughs> thank our guest, and I really do appreciate you taking your time this morning to be on the show, Dr. Williams. Um, you know, one of the things, and I think that a lot of people, and there's so much information about osteoporosis and bone health and and there's so many questions. Um, you know, one of the questions that I have, I think we have to address this, mm-hmm. and I hope we are okay with this, is that, um, you know, there was some research recently out about the breaking of femurs and the medication mm-hmm. that people are taking in place of good uh, bone support. They're taking, you know, some kind of a prescription medication like Fosamax. You wanted to do? Are you willing to address that at all, or that research? Well, let me just let me just talk about the mechanism, and, and it'll, it'll explain why these kinds of things happen. Um, remember, we talked about filling in the potholes. Um, that this process needs to be, you know, we we dig up something and then we lay down uh, some new bone. Well, what what these bisphosphonate drugs end up doing is they um, they basically stop the the cells that dig up the potholes. And and so they, uh, the other cells that come along and fill those in, and so you get this season of which, you know, the bone seems to be stabilizing. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. the, the, the cells, the osteoblasts that come along to fill in new bone, what stimulates them is 
you know, the one, the other cells that dig up the pothole. So eventually, both cells stop working, and the bone just stops turning over. And, you know, in the short run, that, that seems to be beneficial for the bones. But in the long run, we've now learned that it's making the bone more fragile, more, more brittle. And we've seen this not only with femurs, but with, with necrosis in the jaw and a number of other things. So it's really, unfortunately, it's, it's really working against the system. It's t- completely taking out the living component of the bone and, in a sense, making it a dead bone. And uh, this, you know, this is really not a good long-term strategy as we're learning. You know, going back to Sally Fields, Anna, you mentioned her earlier, and you see ads all the time on TV, and and I can't even remember which one she's promoting, but she's promoting that type of a a medication. So how, if if you're Sally Fields (laughs) and you're taking that drug, how long could it take for her bones to really become dead and more vulnerable to breakage? Well, it, it, it depends on a number of different factors. Obviously, what else is going on in that individual and, and how good the bone mineral density is to begin with. But, you know, the problem is, is many of these studies are done. They're three-year studies. They're four-year studies. And, of course, this is, this is usually too early to see this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything seems to be fine. And it's usually right seven to ten years later that, that the problems start to begin. And unfortunately, as you know, many of these women go on these drugs in their early menopausal years, and they assume they're going to be taking these, you know, for a long time. Right. And it really doesn't, uh, it doesn't accomplish that. And also, it gives them the false notion that if they take this drug, that the issue with their bones is, is finished, they're, they're okay. Right. And it, you know, and really, as we've been discussing here, there's so many things that, that can be done to improve bone mineral density, and yet they're probably not thinking about those things because they think they've got the problem solved. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I have another question as long as we're keep doing this. is, uh, <laughs> um, You know, I want to go back to calcium a little because so many people come in and say, and I hear this oh, every probably every other day is, you know, Somebody told me that I need to split up my calcium so I don't take it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we know that in pro bono, you have, we have people taking strontium in the morning and, and calcium at night. I mm-hmm. think that's how it's packaged. Talk, I mean, you did address it already, but just talk about that one more time for people so that right. they understand, no, it's okay. It depends on the cal- type of calcium that calcium. you're using. Right, and, and so there's only so many ways you can do do this when you're when we know that we want to add strontium and calcium separate because they do compete uh, absorption. So we want to separate them out, and so that's why we put you know the strontium in one a set of, of, of uh, one packet and the calcium in the other. And so in doing that, we realize that you know unless we're going to take four times a day or something where we can spread it out even more, that you know we have a lot of the calcium in the in one packet. And so that's why we uh, that's why we don't use just one form of calcium. We use three, actually, different, three different forms of calcium so we can maximize the absorption of three different ways of calcium uh, getting into the system and so that we don't run into as much of the problem that you would if you tried to take, let's say, 1,000 milligrams of just one form of calcium in, in, at one time. Okay. okay. I think That's we, good. I hope we cleared that up for a lot of people. <laughs> it's the three different forms of calcium. But if they were just taking calcium carbonate, which doesn't get absorbed to begin with, yeah. right? Then that would be a problem. Let, is, is it possible that I could add two more things here that I think yes, are important? Definitely. 
Um, one is, and I, I know we don't have a lot of time, but one is we know that corticosteroids, prednisone, you know, depletes, and there's a lot of people that, that are on these kind of drugs. Yes. But mm-hmm. stress, stress, of course, is our, is our body's own producer of cortisol, which is in the same family. Well, stress will, will deplete bones. And so anytime you have stress in your life, you really need to look at cortisol levels because you don't want to be producing your own uh, corticosteroids, uh, which are also bone depleting for long term. So that's something that needs to be addressed. And something that people don't think about, and I don't know if you talk about this in your cardiovascular uh, study, uh, is homocysteine. Mm -hmm, Homocysteine mm -hmm. is another thing that we can measure in the blood. And, of course, it has an effect on cardiovascular disease, but it actually has a profound effect on increasing fractures and decreasing bone mineral density. Oh, so we didn't measuring, know, I didn't so, know that. <laughs> yeah, so measuring homocysteine, and actually there's been studies wow. showing that reducing homocysteine using the classic folic acid, B6, B12, some of which are in pro bono, by the way. Yes, um, they are. Are also mm-hmm. going to be effective at, if you can reduce homocysteine, you can reduce fracture risk. So, it's you know, there's a lot of things that we're learning that, you know, aren't just the the standard things, but, you know, stress management is good for everything, but it's it's actually good for the bones as well. Wow. That's amazing product that you put together. Mm -hmm. No, that the whole homocysteine factor is something that we, I mean, we do teach that in our cardiovascular health class and, you know, and we didn't neither. NRI and (laughs) we're pretty up on a lot of the research. (laughs) So that was really great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, I think the other one, maybe just talk again a little bit about vitamin D, I, you know. And because... the correct levels, where, where you want it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, vitamin D, of course, up here in Wisconsin and Minnesota especially, we, we're not going to get enough sunlight to get our vitamin D. Um, it's so crucial, not just for bone mineral density. And, of course, that's been, we've learned about that the longest, but we're learning about vitamin D for almost everything, immune health and, and cardiovascular disease and whatnot. So um, getting getting tested. I mean, this is, this yes. is becoming very common now, and, and you're probably recommending r- routine testing of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, and then supplementation. Uh, I mean, for most of the year, I've got, I've got a, a whole slew of kids in my house here that uh, my wife and I have, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're giving them uh, usually a 1,000 uh, IUs a day. Um, and for adults, uh, you know, 2,000 to 5,000 is not, uh, you know, uh, if you, I don't know what you're recommending. Typically, that's right. We're, that's what we're recommending too. Yep, so. that's great. Thanks, Thanks so Dr. much, Williams. We Thank loved you. it. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>